You're listening to the MMA Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Gabriel Gonzaga here. You're listening to MMA Maniacs. Hello, Hello, Internet World. It is the MMA Maniacs podcast with Nick David. And it is Matt Kona. Yeepah. Here we go. Yes. Talking UFC 209, a little insight and preview into one of the uh, most anticipated cards. It mostly anticipated, I think, for the co-main event. That's why. I, that's way. That's uh, that could be a main event on. That could be a pay-per-view main event. Yeah, I, it almost. I mean, it, it was argued. <laughs> if you listen to any clips of uh, the conference call between. Habib Nurmagomedov, Tony Ferguson, and uh, they were the main event of the conference call. And, and Ferguson said that it should be the main event of the pay-per-view. And Wood, Tyron Woodley, who is facing Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the actual main event, kind of shut it down. He said, well, the reason it's not is because I'm a world champion. And, uh, okay, good point, I guess. But this is, <laughs> this is the people's main event. He's so butthurt. <laughs> Tyrone Woodley. No respect. Tyrone Woodley just—he's like the—he's the Rodney Dangerfield of the MMA world. <laughs> he gets no respect, and, and he can't stop he talking. He, not only does he not get no respect, but he can't—he can't stop talking about how he gets no respect. <laughs> yes, and and now with the new unified rules, he can be very Dangerfield-like and grab his own clavicle when he does that. So, although you don't see that, very, <laughs> that's very nuanced. Um. Yeah, so right into it. Yeah, let's talk about right away. It's it's Habib and Tony Ferguson. Essentially, it's it's for an interim title, so it doesn't get the respect that the regular one would. But we all know what it is. It's it's basically the for, uh, the person who wins will be the number one contender for Conor McGregor's light lightweight championship and. And they could become the real lightweight champion if they just need to main main uh, put put on a pay per view headline, which is sort of what happened with Max Holloway and um, Anthony Pettis a couple months ago at UFC 206. But that would be a disaster. I mean, there's a lot. I don't even want to jump down the rabbit hole of the Mayweather madness and, and what happens next for Mystic Mac, but. I just want to focus on how how good a fight this is, and Woodley Thompson will be a good fight too. The, the first one was an excellent fight. It went to a majority draw. Uh, a very apropos of the, the past week's Oscars, where the Tyron Woodley was announced the winner because he had won on one judge's scorecard, but the other two had scored right. a draw. <laughs> yeah, that was and, a and, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the fault of the New York Athletic Commission because Bruce Buffer was if you go back and watch, he was kind of arguing with them. Uh, he didn't want to read the results because he's been doing this for a decade and a half, and he knows that uh, two beats one, so that's how you get a majority draw or a more right. majority decision. And <clears throat> and and it was weird. I mean, because I was at UFC 205, so. When it was announced, 
I was in the bathroom because at an event like that, you've got to pick your spots where the line will be the shortest. Yeah, right, spot. exactly. So as yeah, soon sometimes, as it, sometimes you got to take off, <laughs> take off in the middle of a fight just so you don't have to stand in line for 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, and I thought, okay, we're all going to know the decision. It's not like I'm going to, I'm not leaving in the middle of the fight and, and missing some action. I'm just missing an announcement and a hand raising. But it was, uh, it, when they announced that, that Woodley won, the, uh, everyone in the bathroom was a little surprised. I mean, it was a heavily Wonder Boy crowd there. Yeah. As, uh, as most people know, if you watch the lead up to it, even when, when Woodley at the workouts, uh, was trying to get the crowd on his side and they all just started shouting Wonder Boy and booing him. (laughs) I kind of feel sorry for him, but I kind of don't at the same time. I kind of like that he gets the shit that he gets and then I kind of feel sorry for him a little bit. Well, he set himself up for it. Yeah. So, um, so when they announced that he won, (laughs) I was, I was a little bit surprised. I, I had, picked him so I, I was a little happy although I, I didn't know how, how it went because it was so back and forth uh, Wonder Boy won three rounds but the two rounds he lost uh, one of them was a 10-8 I think arguably two of them could have been a 10-8 you could have went 10-8 in the first round but the judges two of them came to a 47-47 decision so that, that was the draw and 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 of course everyone Especially Damian Maya thought, oh god damn it, what do I have to do? Now I have to wait. <laughs> I have to wait for another, for another rematch. Well, they just yeah, announced he, he's got a fight coming up with Jorge Masvidal, so that's gonna, that's gonna be, uh, that's a great fight. That, that is a, that's a tremendous fight. And Jorge Masvidal is also a guy who, he said that four fighters had turned him down and, yeah, Damian Maya almost has no choice because he doesn't want to just sit on the shelf and, and wait. Yeah, his last fight was crazy. Masvidal's last fight. Oh, yeah, just destroying and possibly knocking out Cowboy twice in one fight. Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. And uh, And Damian Maia had also had a crazy last fight where he just systematically took apart Carlos Condit. Don't think he even took a strike. He, He was just kind of watching Condit's legs, and as soon as he switched stances... He just grabbed onto the leg, took him down, and it was just a step-by-step progression until he choked him out. And, I mean, you got to feel bad for a guy who is like Carlos Condit, who's so exciting and he's a fan favorite, but he's just a hard luck story. He has a losing record in the UFC now. Mm. He's like the – he reminds me of Kenny Florian in that respect, you know, just, just always the bridesmaid, never the bride, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, he's a one-time interim champion, but right. that's, yeah, that's uh, one step further than than Kenny got. But yeah, um, absolutely. But I'm very excited about that fight, and uh, I think we can get more into it as it gets closer. It hasn't officially been announced as the main event, but it will be at UFC Nashville, which was previously said that will be Cub Swanson and Artem Lobov would be the headliner. Um, <laughs> because well, because a lot of people were surprised by the fact, by that fact, but I think that if you think about it, Masvidal and Damian Maya are more. Yes, they're more headline worthy, but those are two guys that will it will not go five rounds either way. So 
Artem Lobov in Cubs once and could, so you might see a better fight if that's five rounds, but I understand. I understand what they're doing with it. But nevertheless, there's a lot. Well, that's not, that's, I mean, there's no, they just weren't getting the, they just weren't getting a positive response for that. Yeah. People weren't interested in that fight as a main event. And, well, it's not like they send out a poll to everyone. The tickets haven't gone on sale for it yet, so it's not like a, it's a poor seller. It's just these are bigger names. These are bigger UFC veterans. And uh, I don't know if they'll – it's Nashville, so I don't know if there's a big Brazilian or Cuban population there. But um, nevertheless, we'll get into that as it gets more closer to it and, and more official. But for UFC 209, there's uh, someone near and dear to the – MMAniac's world is, is making his UFC debut. Yeah, we've gotten uh, to call a couple of his fights so far. Yes, Andre Sukumath will be making his debut. He's he's the current CES bantamweight champion. I assume he'll be vacating that belt. But I'll be taking on Albert Morales in the Fight Pass kickoff, uh, which begins at 6.30 this Saturday. So um, I'll be watching that. And then you'll also... Uh, and he's a guy who's not only when we've seen him be, he's a good fighter, but he's an impressive finisher. That flying knee that he had on Cody Nordby. Yeah, that was, was crazy. A, there's a thing of beauty and might have been one of the, I think that was Nordby's, not his most recent fight, but it's one of those reasons why he's possibly, why he's decided to, Drop down to flyweight because Sukumath is, he, he's, he's a big dude for a bantamweight and he's the first Lao UFC fighter. So we get to see what the logo on the side of the fight kit will be for that because I have no idea what the flag of Lao looks like, but it's too bad we couldn't, have, we couldn't figure that out. Yeah, I mean, we a, are both on the internet. It's such a sad thing that we can't, we, we could, there's no way we could find out what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> if okay. only. We're focused. If We're laser only. focused. But actually, you know what? I really, some, the last few events have kind of had underwhelming fight pass prelims, actually, because of fights being dropped out uh, at the last minute. The um, USC Halifax only had one fight pass prelim, and it was a minute and a half long, where uh, Ryan Jaynes got submitted by. Uh, Gearhart, I forget his first name. And uh, but this one's got Morales versus Sukuma. That should be an exciting way to kick off the night. Then you have Amanda Bobby Cooper against Cynthia Calvillo, who I believe is making her UFC debut as well. Amanda Bobby Cooper is someone from the South. Not the, <laughs> clearly, clearly, yes. Good, good analysis. She she was on the. the, the Amanda season, Bobby, the, Amanda Bobby, come here right now. Amanda Bobby, here. take that chicken and, off the stove right now, Amanda Bobby. Amanda Bobby, come over here right now and take the chicken off the stove right now. Amanda Bobby, put that hatchet down. And her initials are ABC, and those are the only letters she learned as a kid. Okay, enough. ABC, easy as mine. So, right. she, was, she was on the Joanna versus Claudia Gadelia season of The Ultimate Fighter. She... Uh, Made it to the finals where she lost, but, but she's taken on Cynthia Calvillo. I don't know too much about her. Um, I am excited about the, the featured bout on Fight Pass featuring, uh, Australian 
fellow bearded fella, Paul Craig, taking on Tyson Pedro, uh, who is no walk in the park. But Paul Craig is, is he, he beat, he beat Luis Henrique, uh, da Silva, who we'll see later on. He's in the card. Um, yeah. That's going to be a rematch of a fight that was scrapped. It was supposed to be a UFC 208, a heavyweight bout. And the New York State Athletic Commission, they just, they're very, um, I don't want to, I want to say overprotective because it's, you got to protect the fire's safety, but Henrique did not pass an eye exam. So that's the reason that he was uh, scrapped from the card and they couldn't find. And then Myson Tibero was supposed to have a late notice replacement and the dude couldn't make weight. So he, <laughs> that's a big fella. He can't make the 265 limit for heavyweight, and it wasn't even close because it was canceled, I believe, the day beforehand. But uh, Paul Craig looked very good in that fight against uh, Henrique. He's durable. He hits hard, but he ended up beating him with an arm bar, which is kind of a almost a novelty to see for a heavyweight fight. You don't see that too much. So. That'll be That's good. true. Tyson Pedro, I don't, do you have any recollection of him? I don't have, um, I don't. Off the top of my head, but, uh, the lead is Brazilian. And then moving on to the FS1 prelim, we got Mark Godbeer versus Daniel Spitz, who is a late replacement. Um, I forget who the original opponent that Godbeer was supposed to face was, but, um, Godbeer, I believe, is an Englishman. I remember from some of the uh, UFC London cards. And uh, great last name. What can you say? Yeah. He's got the word beard in it. <laughs> and and God. So depending on maybe it's perfect for uh, our friends in recovery. No, I don't know. got both sides an angel and a devil on the shoulder but the uh god beer i think is the big favorite for this one uh it's hard now let me try to look this up i don't have all the details but i feel like it's a middleweight or something mm. coming off the last ufc 208 which featured a lot of middleweight action uh, oh. breaking news speaking of ufc nashville John Dodson will be fighting Eddie Wineland. So that, that's an exciting Ooh, that's good addition fight. to the card. Yeah. That's a good fight. God we should, versus. We should probably skip, skip to the main card. I don't know if everybody wants to hear about every single. Yeah. Every single yeah. person on the undercard. Uh, especially because no, I'm not, I'm unprepared and I don't, not. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know a lot of these guys. So, uh. No, it's cool. I feel like. Uh, yeah, yeah, we already talked about Tibera Henrique. Merced Bektik versus Darren Elkins. That's an interesting one. But, uh, yeah. Elkins is the underdog in that fight. Yeah. Bektik's a beast, though. Mm -hmm. He's, he's been, he's a handsome, a handsome killer. And Yuri Alcantara, one of the pair of brothers in there. So there's not too much to be said. If you want to look up the FS1 prelims, there are, there are more, uh, in-depth analysis going out there. But, yeah, Mike, Daniel Spitz is making his debut anyway, so he's a shadowy man when it comes to the UFC fight card. And no stats. He's only 5-0 and as a professional, so there you go. 
And it is heavyweights, excuse me, not middleweight. On to the main card, speaking of heavyweights. We should lead the way for this one. Heavyweights. We've got the man from down under, Mark Hunt versus the Kiwi. The Kiwi. Oh, is he Kiwi? I thought he was Australian. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he moved to Australia. Ah, but he's from New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the UFC calling. Excuse us. Uh, I know. Hey, Dana, (laughs) sorry. I'm, I'm taping this at my dad's house and Uh. he's got a landline. Let me just cut it. Landlines, am I right? It was someone calling to say, say, well, Mark Hunt technically was from New Zealand, but trained in New New South Wales, Australia. Overeem, of course, is uh, from the Netherlands. Both men coming off of losses. Um, Well, technically, one was in no contest since Brock Lesnar. Mark Hunt's opponent at UFC 200 popped on two occasions for a uh, performance-enhancing drug and was suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, ended up just retiring from MMA, uh, never to be seen again. But uh, this is an interesting fight from a, just a side note. Before, first of all, it's a very interesting fight in general. It's a rematch from a fight that they had um, for the Dream promotion, I believe, in Japan, which Overeem won by Keylock submission. That's not that's not a submission that you hear very often. But um, but so Mark in, Hunt, yeah, that was in two thousand and eight. Okay, yeah. So it was quite quite, quite some time ago. ago, and that's that was one of the one of the things. You know when the when the UFC absorbed um, Pride and Mark Hunt announced he was coming over, I was not excited about it at all because Mark Hunt's ground game is so pedestrian, or at least at least was. He's making some strides. Um, he's ma- making is that a word? He's he's making. <laughs> he's in some Georgia. Strides. He's making some strides. He is yeah, yeah. he is making some strides. Uh, to get better, and he's he's made some strides to get better on the ground. He's still it's still not you know he doesn't have a great ground game, but but it's, it's not often that he gets to the ground. You need a big bruiser like Brock Lesnar to bring him down there. Yeah, I mean it, it's some sometimes with a guy like that, it's just enough to have good takedown defense. And if you have if if you're going against guys that don't have good takedowns and, and you have good takedown defense, then you can just beat the shit out of him on the feet. So. But he was one of the guys that I just wasn't excited about seeing. Um, you know, I, I know another, another guy was Rampage Jackson. It was just another kind of one dimensional guy. I just was not interested in seeing in the UFC, but they both became, you know, pretty big UFC stars. So what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Well, Ed, I mean, but Hunt didn't do himself any favors kind of losing in a underwhelming debut fight, but, but he has turned it around and become a, Big time fan favorite, exciting. One of the only people to knock out Roy Nelson with a vicious uppercut that just sent him face first into the ground. And he's kind of known for his walk away KOs. Of course, um, Frank Mir being a 
more recent example, uh, Andre Orlovsky. <laughs> I, I just was reading this. He lost the, the gay, he fought Gayhard Musazi. Really? He was oh. fighting at middleweight right now, right? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he fought Gayard Musasa and he lost to uh, an armbar. Wow. Musasi armbarred him. Crazy. I'm going to have to look up that fight. That's, uh, that sounds like one of those early days of UFC freak show type of uh, fights yeah. there. Oh, so I'm sure it's some type of pride thing, you know, because they didn't give a shit. They were... You yeah, know, they had all Wild West. Of, they had, it was the Wild West over there, that's for sure. The Wild West and the Far East, that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. The but Wild this East. is an interesting fight if, you, if you're following the fight game closely because um, from a political standpoint almost, Mark Hunt it was very vocal in speaking out against Brock Lesnar popping, and he said he wanted his full purse, and he was going to be suing the UFC as a result, so he had this lawsuit out there. And the UFC still has them under contract, so they offered him, they kept offering him fights, and he would refuse, saying, asking and demanding these terms that they be a clause in if they pop for steroids, that they would, that he would get their money or something. But um, the lawsuit wasn't actually made official until he had accepted the fight, so. Uh, that's kind of clever oh, savvy, savviness on Hunt's part. <laughs> right. Because, uh, you know, like that? Just picked up and hung up. Uh, because if he had put a lawsuit out there suing the UFC, they probably would not have given him a fight offer, but it would look really bad if they pulled him from the card after offering in it because of the pending lawsuit. So it's just a little little spectrum of intrigue surrounding that fight. And it also should be mentioned that Overeem has had a, I would say, a history of allegations of performance enhancing. If you look at what he looks like. <laughs> I, don't think there's, I, don't think, I think there's much in the way of fucking allegations, dude. If you watch him yeah. fight Chuck Liddell, he looks like a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then you see him five years later and he looks like fucking the Incredible Hulk. I don't think there's yeah, much, he, I don't think there's, I, you, I think we can skip the allegations and go straight for the, he was on fucking steroids for sure. When, it, yeah, when he fought Brock Lesnar, he looked, he looked like Brock Lesnar did at UFC 200. Right. Just a big boy. Big boy. Um, I was actually a little bit surprised, I mean, it, I think this is, I was a little bit surprised that that is the first fight on the main card, but, at the same time, you can't have like co co co. Excuse me, five co-main events. Well, here's but, what I uh, here's what I've seen the UFC has been doing is they set up their card with a really enticing first fight. Yeah. Every, every card they do, so they put like a. I mean, there's been <laughs> look like you just look like you just bent down and did a line. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Like it, your head, your head ducked down, and then it, then it was a, a noise. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm snorting crushed red pepper. Everybody, delicious. Uh, jackass. All right, we're starting a new <laughs> jackass podcast next. Um, so uh, what the hell? Is no, yeah, saying? you're making a good point. They want to. They want well, a big. Well, a lot of times, a lot of times, you'll see the fight of the night ends up being the first fight on the main card. You'll notice that a lot. They put that fight that they expect to be one of the best fights of the night 
they put it, you know, the one that's that's not going to be a main event, but is probably going to be one of the best fights of the night. They try and put it like that first. You know, there's a little, little you know, they got a little science I going on. So. They got some little, yeah. some little and MMA math that they're doing over there to <laughs> figure that shit out. But also, yeah, and, and after the FS1 prelims are over, they always leave it so there's some time left. Even if every fight goes to decision, there's still a little bit of time left for them to promote the main card. That's usually where it's going to be Joe Rogan talking to Dana White and they're kind of pumping you up on all of the things. So to know that you only have a few minutes to order the pay-per-view, if you're on the fence and you really want to see that Overeem hunt fight, that's the one to kick it off. Whether right. and, and Whereas on the reverse side, if they started with Lando Venata versus David Taymor, even though Venata had that extremely – impressive knockout a spinning heel kick over john mcdessie at ufc 206 he might be like i don't i don't know who this groovy lando is and let's <laughs> you the swedish guy david Taymor, he's a great fighter too but I, you know his most notable um his most notable appearance in the ufc was being on team mcgregor uh two years ago on the ultimate fighter and right. i feel like that's kind of dropped off a bit so yeah, so it's a good good way to kick off the card with the. So let, let's do some picks as we go along. What do you what do you see happening in the Overeem Hunt? Uh, I I, feel, I just did my fantasy picks right before we signed on, and I available have to at Twitter.com/slash Mister Nick N H. Uh, and I picked Mark Hunt by first round knockout. Okay, that's that's a good one. I feel. I feel like Overeem is – he's coming off that Stipe Miocic loss where uh, he kept it on the feet the whole time, but he did a lot of running. If you go back and watch that, he he was very tentative, and I feel like he's going to be more – he's going to be doing yeah, a lot be- of leg kicks. He's gonna, he's gonna, he has to, to to do a lot of leg kicks to keep, keep Hunt at a distance and, and do a lot of parrying the punches. So – I, I think that he, he's got to try to play a smart game and try to stun him and, and take him down to the grounds where where Hunt. Yeah, I mean, that's the way he's going to win the fight is to take him down because I don't I don't think I think that Overeem has a suspect chin and it doesn't it doesn't matter if you have a suspect chin or not if you get hit by Mark Hunt, forget about it. But yeah, you could get hit by a was, you could get hit by a punch that wouldn't put out. Uh, Roy Nelson, but would put out uh, over him. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, that's why I picked Hunt. You know, I, I think that if I had to look at the two of those guys, the person that would be more likely to ever fight for a title again to me would be over him. But he's got a lot of he's got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. Having said that, I got, division. Having said that, I got <laughs> I got Mark Hunt. It was first or second round okay. knockout. All right. Uh, I believe that I picked Mark Hunt, too. I'm going to refer to my fantasy thing. Sometimes I do these at the beginning of the week. With, yeah, I'll go uh, sign into my room, too, so I, don't, so I can tell you exactly really what checking. I did. Yeah, but I want, I mean, not to just be, uh, play devil's advocate, but um, I kind of want to pick Overeem, just so we have a little bit of a rooting interest. In this, uh, so um, 
I think that he, he takes him down and, and submits him. Overeem, actually, a lot of people might be surprised. He has he has more submissions than he does knockouts. He's 19 submissions and 18 knockouts. <laughs> so but this guy has been fighting forever, and I'm not sure if that includes his kickboxing career. But I, but he was brutally, brutally knocked out with ground and pound against Stipe Miocic, and that was when was that? In his past summer. Actually, I think it might have been August, April. No, I feel like I don't remember. I was there for it, but I don't remember. All right, yeah, I picked Overeem by decision, so I think that he he's gonna. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's only three rounds, so I think he's going to be doing a lot of running, a lot of trying to grind him up against the cage, go for submissions. Mark Hunt is a, a hard man to manipulate in the clinch. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll stick with my <laughs> my pick and, and say Overeem uh, by decision. So unfortunately, I don't think this will be a fight of the night. But I would love to be wrong. I mean, that's definitely one that could have, you know, could have main carded a, you know, FX1, UFC yeah. and Fox or one of those, uh, you know, fight nights. Yeah, if they were doing another uh, Australia show or a Netherlands show. Yeah. yeah. That's a good headliner. Hey, who knows? Maybe Mark Hunt will win and they can do a trilogy fight because both guys are not quite really in title contention because you got Cain Velasquez. Uh, you got, well, first, Stipe is uh, defending the title against Junior Dos Santos, and then you have Velasquez, Verdum, Ben Rothwell, and then you have the, the Young Bucks. Longest current w- uh, winning streak in the heavyweight division, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. <laughs> and, and then you got the scariest prospect in heavyweight in a long time in Francis Ngannou. So I feel like Overeem and Hunt. I was reading, a, I was reading an article the other day that uh, Derek Brunson's not, he's setting his sights higher than Ngannou. Lewis, Derek Lewis. That, that, what did I say? Brunson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Derek Lewis, that's what I meant. Uh, Derek Lewis, he said, is setting his sights higher than um then Ngannou, he, he's like, he doesn't, he said something about a, uh, being a black on black crime, you know, yeah. just being, yes. he tries to be funny. Here's a, he, he tries to be funny sometimes, but it comes off as really schmarmy sometimes. Well, he, he's just very crass in, in, in that sense, but, but he gets people talking about him. So I guess that's yeah. what in the new age of WME IMG, that's something that will. Yeah, Maybe I mean, his, his work is speaking for itself. He doesn't really have to do much more than what he's doing right now. But yeah, and uh, I, I don't think that's. I, the right I think fight he, for I think Ngannou is anyway. a bad fucking fight for him. I think Ngannou is a bad fight for anybody. I think Ngannou is probably going to be the next champion. Yeah, well, I mean, I would. I think Ngannou and Lewis have, have a few more steps to go. We'll see what happens with Verdum and Rothwell. I think maybe. The loser of that fight could fight either of those guys. Uh, Derek Lewis has said he, he's been extremely active the last few months, so he's going to be taking some time off. So, um, he's been and, having and too much is, sex. He's been having too much sex. He's got to too much he's, sex. He needs to take some time off. He's, he's going to be looking gotta, for stop with all the sex. Fine ass. Yeah, and except for her, then he'll have sex with her if he can. <laughs> yeah, 
So if he can convince her with, his, with all his charm, if he can convince her, then he'll have sex with right. her. But otherwise, he's sex free because he's got he needs some time off. He's been having too much. That's what I heard. I read about it on the internet. Trump's talking about it. Everybody knows. Everybody knows how much tremendous sex. Okay. <laughs> is having. All right. Uh, Linda Venata Tamor, Venata Tamor. Uh, I went with Venata, uh, by decision. I did too. 76% of the other people have as well. I mean, Venata had a spectacular debut. It was in a losing effort, but it was against Tony Ferguson on short that notice. Was a cra- that was a crazy fucking fight because nobody expected that dude to give, <laughs> give Ferguson the fight that he gave him. And it was, yeah. in- that was insane. Yeah. Best fight of the night. And, yeah. and that was a-, a card I spoke about, spoke about in the last episode that nobody had any expectations for the entire card because it sort of fell apart when Chiesa dropped out because he was supposed to fight Ferguson. Right. And Venata out of nowhere. And that's a, that's a wicked exciting fight. Yeah. I still would like, I would still like to see that fight. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, Michael Chiesa is, is, uh, he's got medical issues. So he's, he was at the last UFC event doing a Q and A and I don't know if he had any insight to, when his next appearance in the octagon will be, but um, hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't know who it, who it can be against because lightweight is, is a tough division, and, and he's fighting a guy that was arguably the number one contender. Maybe he fights the loser of Khabib versus uh, Tony Ferguson. Hmm. That could that could be good because I think he's right there. And but Venata, as for Venata and Tamor, Tamor is a He's a sneaky, exciting fighter. He, he's a he's a big time Muay Thai guy. He looks a little bit smaller, but Venata's not the biggest lightweight either. So I think that they could be fairly evenly matched, and it, it this could potentially be a fight of the night because both of these guys uh, they they like to throw in creative ways, and and they can grapple, but. Uh, it seems like most of the pickers out there are not giving Tamar the benefit of the doubt. And neither am I. Venata looks amazing in the uh, very short knockout at 206. Uh, yeah, I'm basically, I'm basing my pick more on the Ferguson fight because that, yeah. I mean, that was a great knockout, but the Ferguson fight was like, holy shit, who in the fuck is this guy? I mean, that's, yeah, and he, he, <laughs> you know, just out of too. nowhere. That was a crazy yeah. one. And he, he made Ferguson look mortal. And yeah. Ferguson is, is the guy that is, he's, he's scary. He's a scary motherfucker. And he, he can do so much with that, his diverse game. He's a lifelong wrestler doing that over 20 years. He's become more of a boxer and striker in, in recent times. And he also trains 10th planet jujitsu. And if you go back and watch some of these breakdowns, which I, Highly recommend watching uh, Robin Black from the Fight Network break down the fight, uh, which got him blocked by Khabib. And if you watch um, the UFC breakdown, why did it, why uh, did it, what did he say? What did it get him? How, why did it get him blocked? Uh, well, that's the thing. I, I I highly doubt it was Khabib doing the block. Oh, Ali Abdul Rahim. I think doing the blocking but i i don't know i don't know what it was i think it was just because he was 
Robin Black gets so in depth into like showing you the game and uh, what, what the fighters can do, and maybe he was just giving too much love to Ferguson, but it hmm. wasn't really clear. It wasn't like he was talking shit on Muslims or Dagestan or anything. Hmm. It's very professional, and uh, it's very interesting breakdown as well. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead too much, but but Ferguson uh, against Venata was. I mean, Ferguson ended up winning with a Darce choke as Venatic sort of gassed. I think it was in the second round. Like I said, it was a very short notice fight for him to take and uh, very impressive throughout. And I think he's going to be finely tuned in this one, training up in Montreal. At, uh, Is he a TriStar? TriStar? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, he's not. I'm sorry. Uh, McDessey was out of TriStar. Venata is training out of Jackson Wink, which is still okay. a very reputable camp. And hopefully the Jackson Wink camp will have more luck on 209 than they did at 208, where both Derek Brunson and Holly Holm lost controversial decisions. But we're back in Ve- – this is the – what is this? The first fight card in Vegas since 202, I think. Yeah, this is the first fight since 202 mm-hmm. because 203 was in Cleveland – 204 was in England, and then 205 New York, 206 Toronto. No, no, 207 was in Vegas. What am I saying? Scratch that. Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunes was there. But um, hmm. it feels like it's been a long time because that was, that was way back in 2016, back when we had a different president. There was celebrities dying all the time, but now we're all dying. 2017, but so I picked Venata by. We both have Venata by decision, and we move on to the middleweight division. The middleweight debut of Rashad Evans. Um, Third time's a charm. First, he was supposed to be fighting at 205, and the athletic commission did not approve him. And and then 206, the Canadian athletic commission didn't approve it either. So now we go back to Vegas and bloody elbow today reported that he did, he was granted a license. He will be fighting the Australian dad bod, Dan Kelly, Dan (laughs) Kelly, Australian dad bod. (laughs) Dan Kelly's on a three fight win streak. Evans has, has not won. I think since sending Chael Sonnen out of the UFC, uh, so it's been a little while. There, there was about two years where he didn't fight, though, because he, he had some injuries. Uh, his last go around. Yeah, that's did exactly not go what it so was. Well. He, he, he lost a, he got, got knocked out by Teixeira and he lost, yeah. lost a decision to Ryan Bader. And his last win was, uh, TKO of, of Sonnen. Yeah. And then before that, he had, he had, he decisioned Dan Henderson. Split, yeah. split decision. Yeah. That was a, that was a long that was a long time ago, but I remember watching the uh, the Glover fight, and it was tough because Evans is a very he's a likable guy. I enjoy watching him do commentary on UFC Tonight and behind the analyst desk. So you, you want to root for him. I mean, he's been an underdog his whole career. He he almost didn't make it to his season of the Ultimate Fighter, which was, by the way. The season two, I, I believe we're on season twenty-two as we approach yeah. now. Garbrandt versus uh, 
Dillashaw is coming out soon, but Evans won heavyweight. Now he's fighting at middleweight. So he won the heavyweight season as the smallest guy for the ultimate fighter. Uh, he's making his middleweight debut. Uh, this is a guy that not a lot of people know that much about Dan Kelly. I think this might be his first fight in the United States. He's kind of been a staple of the Australian scene. He's close to 40. I think he's 39. So they're, they're comparable in age. Uh, Kelly is a guy that he wins fights that you don't expect him to win. Um, and I think this is, this could be one of those fights. Most people are picking Evans on this. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll go first on my picks, but I, I picked Kelly by round one TKO. Mm. Uh, All right. I didn't want to, but hey, <laughs> UFC fantasy is giving me plus 175 points if I win, which is largely just for bragging rights since you can't win prizes or anything, but, uh, Dan Kelly. Also, there's a, one of my favorite local Boston comedians. His name Danny Kelly. So I'll, I'll sometimes give him the nod just for that. But. There you go. I had uh, Rashad Evans by first round knockout. Okay. All right. We got a more. We got a little bit more action. I got hey. Overeem. Hey, hey. Kelly. You, you got the other Australian transplant and Rashad Evans. So okay. As, this is uh, getting interesting as, as we get <laughs> as we get to the co-main event. I almost said the main event, but then I realized there's it's, the I, people's I, main event. I said this before. I said this on the podcast before. I'll say it again. This is the most exciting fight to me in the UFC right now. Like I can't think of yeah. a, I can't think of a more exciting fight than watching these two go at it. So. And, and it I'm, depends. It, it, it depends. I'm excited. Nurmagomedov shows up the same guy every single time, twenty-five and zero. He's the same guy no matter what. Ferguson, who's twenty-four and zero, but he wants to be twenty-five and zero. Right, twenty-four and zero. You're right. Because he's missing. Because he's got eight. The only reason I know that is because he has eight wins by each variation: submission, uh, knockout, and decision. All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, you know what I was going by was when they uh, the t-shirts. Yeah, the, the t-shirts. Fans. The t-shirts <laughs> from the fans. <laughs> yeah, from embedded. Episode. Yeah, yeah, from embedded. <laughs> from the embedded video. That's exactly why I was. Uh, I said twenty-five. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so yeah. right. <laughs> That's so funny. so twenty-four. Right, twenty-four. No, but he's this, he's the if same you, guy. If you he's, haven't seen he, it, if you haven't seen the embedded, it's very enjoyable. But Habib gets surprised by this, like a large group of dudes who all got their own Khabib t-shirts made and showed up at something like six in the morning because that's when he's training at AKA and like we're serenading him with like chants. It was, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Must uh, have been a nightmare to organize, but uh, hey. Yeah. It's like a flash mob for. MMA fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's the, Nurmagomedov's the same guy always. He shows up the same every single time. Ferguson has different looks. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. He mostly shows up, but we've seen fights for him where he just was not there. Or we've seen fights where he, he gets, you know, surprised that Venata fight was one of them. And Venata made him look like he was not as good as he is. <laughs> you know? 
Ferguson is yeah. one of the top top lightweights in the planet, and Venata made him look like he was, uh, you know, not. <laughs> Well, Vernada surprised everyone, including Tony Ferguson, yeah. in that first round. And I, I, I really thought he was going to finish him. And he came close, but it was a little bit too late at the end of the round. And then he just got the adrenaline dump after that. And I think Ferguson, there was just like a wake-up call where, oh, shit, I better start taking this guy seriously because his eight-fight winning streak at the time was on the line. And he, he turned it around and won with his uh, third Darce choke in round two. And he leads the UFC and Darce choke finishes with three. But still, it's an impressive uh, impressive way to finish. And, and like you said, you see a lot of looks of him. But, but here's the thing. I can only remember the last three Tony Ferguson fights. I can't – I'm trying to think about the last time – he lost. Do you have that info? I do. Andy? I do. It was Michael Johnson. It was a decision. Uh, oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. And it was... Sorry, just give me one second here. Yeah, because I, I know he beat Josh Thompson, um, and, he, and he beat Venata, of course. But what really put, put it uh, over the edge for me was just the way that he clearly dismantled Rafael Dos Anjos uh, over five rounds. He won five rounds easily and just made it look like elementary against a guy that was just a lightweight champion. And yep. I mean, it, there could be something to be said, like Dos Anjos definitely lost a part of himself in that title fight with Eddie Alvarez. He was beaten standing up to a point that I felt bad, like really bad. And the fight was at altitude, and Dos Anjos has since left the lightweight division because of the, the weight cuts and the, the way that's affected his body. So those things can factor in, but the thing is that both guys were at altitude, and Ferguson looked like he could go three or four more rounds after that. And so he's, o- he's only lost one fight in the last eight years. Yeah. So, uh, and that was Michael Johnson decision. Right. And that's from this, that's from December of 2009. Okay. Until now. A long time ago. No, that wasn't so the loss. The, the loss, uh, sorry, hang on a second. I keep going the wrong direction here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll just lo- tell everyone. The loss to, the loss to Johnson was, in 2012 so it was only five years ago but in the last eight years he's only had that one loss yeah and johnson is no slouch although khabib did manhandle him at 205 uh but johnson's a good fighter i mean justin poirier knocked him out clean there's only been a few guys that have made michael johnson look mortal and that's Nate Diaz and Habib Nurmagomedov. So right. the, those are uh, pretty elite when it comes to competition. So, so okay, I'll let you. I'll let you do the picking for this one. Or, uh, all right, I am. I'm going. I'm going against the grain on this one, and I'm going to pick. I'm picking Ferguson by third round submission. 
Uh, did you see my tweet? That's what I did too. Man. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I picked third round submission. Uh, uh, okay, well, all right, all right. Funny. How about this? How about this? We we have to we have to we pick have to, the uh, we have to pick the submission, and it can't yeah. be and it can't be a Darth choke. No, it can be a Darth. Like, it, you, listen, it can be a Darth choke because how about this? If we both think it will be a Darth choke, and I I don't, for the record. Um, we could pick what minute of round three closest, or we'll pick a time and closest to it gets it, if that is what, in fact, the result is. All right, who gets to go first? Well, um, I, rock, paper, last, I, rock, pick, paper. I picked the last fight first, so uh, okay. you could, I will you say, I will say at four minutes into round three. Okay. At the four-minute mark or with four minutes left? Okay. At the four-minute mark. Yeah. All right. And then one minute is, left to go. And are you going with the Dars? Sure, I'll go with the Dars. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just no, I don't. I, well, you know, only because uh, that you hit that a lot off of uh, takedowns, you know. And when you sprawl for the takedown, that's a good good time to get that Dars in. And yeah. obviously, Nurmagomedov is going to be going for takedowns. But he he doesn't shoot from far out. He he pressures guys up against the fence, and that's when he takes them down. So it's you know, it's going to be a harder thing for for Ferguson to get a Dars on him. Um, so that's that that leads me to my method of victory for Ferguson because if you watch back the Josh Thompson fight, Josh Thompson is is a, a high level wrestler. I know Sambo is, is a lot different, but he. It, it's crazy the way that Ferguson does it. And I think he credits a lot to the Eddie Bravo 10th planet jujitsu people, but you go in for a double leg and he'll be standing straight up, but he's so athletic and, and weird. He'll roll out of it. So he, he'll, he's like throwing his body forward to get out of these double legs and, so that's why I think at the, I'll say, two minute, 34 second mark, he will roll for a leg lock or heel hook, some kind of hmm. funky variation of the two of those and, and get, uh, get Habib to, to tap out. All right. That's, that's my prediction. So we're both picking Ferguson. You're going four minutes of round three via Darst choke. I'll go. 234 because I always have bad luck when it comes to picking the over under on um two and a half over two and a half rounds if I if I pick over two and a half rounds the fight will end at 229 so that's uh happened before from a gambling for entertainment purposes perspective so that's what I think person by heel hook leg lock hey might even be something that's just been invented you never know <laughs> but I'm excited though. This is it's going to be a fight. I, I hope it goes five rounds. I'd love to see. I would love to see the full extent of this fight. Hmm. And but how, how about this for a disaster situation for if you're the UFC? What if it goes the distance and is a draw? A draw. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, gross. Then how, how are they gonna? vacate McGregor's title and give it to someone else if it's a draw. But that's just a 
paranoid doomsday kind of scenario. <laughs> so, and now we go to the title fight, which is it from a fantasy picking perspective, pretty close to to a pick 'em. <laughs> Can we just hang on a second? Uh, yeah. I just wanted to touch on what you were saying to me before we started broadcasting about the ESPN. Can you just reiterate that to the people? Okay. Yes. All right. So, so I, I mentioned we were talking about a lot about how Tyron Woodley is not respected as a champion. And in the, I think it's the second embedded episode, uh, Wonderboy Thompson has already flown out to New York to do media. Woodley was supposed to fly from St. Louis to New York and go to ESPN studios and do a bunch of stuff. Slate was canceled again, disrespecting because he, he's not respected. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, so he was skyping in, or he was at. He went to a television station in St. Louis so they could uh, do the ESPN broadcasts from there. And uh, during the, uh, the talk, like they were showing highlights, but instead they showed highlights of. Conor McGregor fighting Jose Aldo and Max Holloway. <laughs> and highlights of Conor McGregor just shadow boxing, too. Well, I don't get least. no respect. I tell you, I don't get no respect. <laughs> I mean, hey, Woodley is the, the man that, that gave McGregor his second title at UFC 205, so he could have the two belts there. So, yeah, that's uh, that was <laughs> another, another piece of disrespect. They took my fucking yeah, belt. and I think that ESPN is almost certainly because they re-air Sports Center every um, you know hour or so. Uh, they have changed it, but someone, of course, because it's the internet, so someone's always recording. They they have it on bloodyelbow.com if you want to check it out. Lovely. And, and see the disrespect of Tyron Woodley. All right, so the, uh, yes. So Woodley Thompson, who do you got? I got Woodley by round one TKO. Ooh. So I'm showing the champ some respect. All right. Respect. I, I here's the thing. I I think that the last fight factors into it a lot, and the fact that like Woodley is he proved he can go five rounds and, and that's something that maybe unfairly people in the past have cr- criticized him for not being able to do, even though he really hasn't even been put in those positions before, but he's a guy who's been wrestling his whole life and he hits like a Mack truck right. and he, he, you know, that he, it could have been two, 10, eight rounds. And, and he, he, if he had more time and closed the distance better on Thompson in that first round, it, it could have been over, and I think that that's going to be weighing a lot on him. I know he's got all the pressure in the world because of this mystique of disrespect and the potential big fights for him and in, in the earning future money for him and his family and all these possible super fights with GSP coming back. He's holding the title that GSP left behind. Conor McGregor may want to move up to take the be a three-belt champion, he could say. Mm. And, and avoid Khabib or Ferguson if, if that becomes the case. And in and, and McGregor's past, he's never defended a belt. That's that's one thing about him. So he's always looking for that next challenge. And if it doesn't happen in a boxing ring, I think that he would try to get a welterweight title before he defended the the lightweight title. But that, that's pure speculation on my part. So that's why I'm picking. How the hell he'd ever fight at welter late. He's barely a lightweight. (laughs) Hey, he's one and one at welterweight. (laughs) 
Uh, I have Thompson by the second round TKO. Okay. All right. So we got some action on this. We got, there's, there's, uh, um, I think Thompson's going to find his home fights. with one of those spinners this time. I think he's going to, he's going to spin kick Woodley in the head and send him and send him to the hospital. Yeah. All right. Hey, I like it too. And Thompson certainly is, is able to do that. It, it, there's been a uh, talk in his last, after the last fight, he's he's made it a point to gain eight pounds of muscle for this. Mm. So it, it could make the weight cut a little harder, and both guys have to hit 170 on the dot, and Woodley is, is a big guy too. So we won't know um, until the weigh-ins. I bet Friday. he felt I bet he felt under strength in that in that fight. I'm sure he felt the strength of Tyron Woodley in that fight. Yeah, Willie was. Sure, that's why he, that's why he put on that extra eight pounds because he knew he did not, he was not nearly as strong as Tyrone Woodley is. Yeah. Woodley, when he was on top of you, it's, it's tough to get up and, and, and it was tough and, and it was, and it's just a, a testament to the toughness of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson that he was able to survive. He was able to survive an extremely tight guillotine and he, yeah, so he's he's going to be more prepared for this. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. So we so there's two fights that we agree on. Um, we both think that Venata Taymor will go to a decision. I guess we could say <laughs> predict the the scorecards to make that different. Um, we both agreed to Ferguson Nurmagomedov, and uh, so um, yeah. <laughs> And then we have three fights that we disagree on or think are going to turn out a little bit different. Um, I just noticed, I just want to bring this up. I don't have a visual thing. Um, actually, why don't you plug the social media stuff and tell people to get in touch. I'm going to go run and grab something to show you real quick. Real All right. Fast. All right. We can, uh, everybody out there listening to us in Internet world, uh, you found this some way but uh, maybe it's not the way you wanted to find us but you can you can get us on stitcher podbean pocket casts of course itunes um our website is fans.fm backslash mmaniacs so if you want to find us at the fans.fm page you can do that also we have our own facebook page mmaniacs podcast and if you have any questions, if you want to uh, write into us, if you have anything you want to say, if you want any shout outs, anything like that, send us an email at mmaniacspodcast at gmail.com. That's M- and you can meet us in person yeah. at the uh, CES event if you're checking go, it out in Lincoln, Rhode Island. That's right. We 31st. go to a lot of events. So uh, come up and say hi if you're a fan and I'll right. give you a so high five. Is- <laughs> High fives are guaranteed. So when I went to uh, New York or Brooklyn, uh, Habib was there, and we got a chance to meet him. And just like when I met Joe Lozon, uh, he, he didn't personalize this to, to MMAniacs, but the UFC will give like an 8x10 or postcards. And I so I got I got Habib to, to sign it. But do you notice anything about this? I know this is a... More of a visual thing. Uh, like the background. Oh, <laughs> he he's fighting for the U.S. now. <laughs> yeah, Habib 
is in front of an American flag. Well, you know, Dana White is a big Donald Trump fan, and Donald Trump hates Muslims, so. Uh, but he loves Russians. <laughs> well, he's Dagestani, so. Yeah, but it says Russia on his uh, it's you know, uh, on his spike kit, which uh, is actually kind of cool because so I, I saw a guy he had a Habib spike kit at, at the weigh-ins, and they usually have what looks like part of the flag on there, but when your flag is just three bars, red, white, and or white, blue, and red in the sequence of Russia. And it's kind of hard to convey with a one color color pattern. So there was instead just a picture of a bear growling, I assume. <laughs> so that's the Russian bear. Synonymous Habib. with Russia. Sure. Habib, uh, Habib. Habib's first opponent is a child, which you can still find on YouTube if you look up Habib Russell's Russian bear. But if anyone wants one, I also get a bunch. Only one of them is autographed, but here's the, uh, American flag of Habib Nurmagomedov postcards. Nick and I will autograph it for you. That's you right. Come out to Twin River Casino to see. And, we will uh, personalize them with Andre any message, Kupa. any message that you want on them. We'll put that. We'll put on there. I really uh, want as long to, as it's uh, as long as it's not hand me the money now and with a signature. <laughs> um, uh, hey, did you did you watch the really, McGreary fight? What's that? Did you watch the Liam McGreary fight? I did. I, I watched the um, the whole card. Liam McGeary. Uh, he was in a little bit of danger in the first round of the Bellator from Northern Ireland. Who I got a little that? bit less excited about it because even though I didn't look at the results, it it takes a little out of it when it's taped ahead of time and you know that it's already a done deal. But um, but yeah, Liam McGeary be, beat a uh, English pioneer of the of the game uh beating brett mcdermott at bellator 173 he got um, knocked down in the first round but the second round he put on a a, a jab clinic it was like uh reminded me yeah. of like uh gsp when he fought josh koscheck and i don't know what that was ufc 153 or 154 or something like that but when he when he just tuned up koscheck with that jab and that's he just jabbed him jab 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 till eventually the, the ref called it off he'd, he'd eaten enough yeah. jabs yeah <laughs> yeah and and speaking of josh kostrak he was uh the week before he made his long-awaited bellator debut and was soundly dispatched i don't know mm. the land the, of wind I, and ghosts I, i'm not sure if I think, I think he, him and Diego Sanchez are the only two fighters still currently active that were on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that's true, but I, I'm, I think it's true. Well, D Sanchez can, is uh, the only one in the UFC still, uh, and J Koscheck is, I think technically Stefan Bonner is on the Bellator roster. Oh, but he, okay. But, but he is, uh, it has been a long time since his last fight, so it, that could just be a, he's under contract. Maybe if they, if there's like some kind of, if he gets the urge, then, but I don't think he's officially retired. Right. I'll double check on that, but, um, yeah, that, that it's an interesting point. And that's something that Koshek brought up a lot. Like, it's like, it's great to be back, back here on Spike TV where it all started. Like, 
<laughs> he has some allegiance right. to Spike TV. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So, but, yeah, man, I grew up watching, uh, what, what's the basket, extreme bouncy basketball, or oh. <laughs> roller derby, all that shit. All right. But, uh, yeah, but what is it? Did you watch the James Gallagher on, um, the co-main event? I didn't, but I heard that he was, he was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's like, he's, I think he may be getting compared to Conor McGregor, but I think that's just because he's an Irish fighter that a lot of fans are behind, but a very real different style. He's more of a sub- submission guy and he, he was able to get a, First round choke, although um, didn't go the the way it did for him, for uh, Sinead Kavanaugh earlier in the card. She was someone that we briefly mentioned last time. Uh, she was a big time underdog fighting out of SBG, but her her opponent just she, she seemed a full weight. It, it looked like a bantam weight against a straw weight, and the opponent's got a very complicated last name, so I, I'm not even going to try to do it justice. But but she was able to take her down and and uh, just ragdoll her it over three rounds to get the win. There is a Bellator fight this Friday, but I really do not know much about. It. Oh, you know what? It's the it's Julia Budd versus uh, Marla Kunis for the Bellator featherweight women's championship. Yeah. So. Hmm. So there's going to be, like, there's Invicta first, then UFC, now Bellator. You'll have three featherweight champions in a division. And if you add up all the divisions, there's probably, like, 12 fighters. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll probably did, did be you, watching anyway. Did you check out that uh, that Dominic Cruz interview with Joe Rogan? Yeah, um, I I downloaded it to my phone, but I, I didn't have space because the the full the full broadcast is like three and a half hours long. But there are YouTube clips that I'm gonna t- go back and watch. I saw that he was offering advice to Ronda Rousey. He was talking kind of about his unique style. And actually, that's one thing that we didn't talk about because we didn't get really into the broadcast aspects of it. But UFC 209 will have Dominic Cruz in the booth doing commentary. So. That's an exciting aspect because he's a super intelligent guy, and in his previous short stints uh, broadcasting has been uh, been good. Yeah, he, okay. the the interview was great, man. He's just he's a super smart guy, very interesting to listen to, um, very uh, very level headed, and. Um, you know, you get a lot of really good insight into who he is and where he came from and how he got where he was and what he went through with all his injuries and how it got real dark there for him for a while and his particular fighting style and how he, how he developed his style. You know, he came, when he came in, like his first, like his first teacher was, uh, was, was Don Fry, you know, who's just a berserker. Wow. So, yeah. you know, he's like, Don Fry wasn't really so much as a teacher as he just was like, just beat the shit out of me and would yell at me a lot. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, just real interesting. He talks about the state of uh, affairs in the, in the UFC today and how many of the fights, and I've said this before on a lot of podcasts, many of the fights and the fighters today are arranged not 
by, and it's not, it's not like I'm saying anything that's, you know, controversial, controversial, <laughs> but many of the fights and the fighters are chosen to get those fights because of their marketability, because of their mouth and because of how much stink they make and how much, you know, how much press that they get, how much media attention they get, um, you know, a lot of the fighters are not necessarily the best fighters, but the most popular fighters. And, you know, I think we see that with a lot of, uh, you know, when you get Sage Northcutt, who had three fights in the UFC, and he's getting paid more than guys that have been in the UFC for a decade. Um, you know, it's like, great, he's a good fighter. I, I, I like watching Sage fight. Um, and, you know, good for him that he's making that kind of money. But when he's making as much money as a guy that's been around for a decade doing this and has, has spent, put in his time building up the company, it's like a slap in the face. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'll go back to this again. I think all of the fighters should be making enough money to survive. If you get to the UFC and get on a UFC card, you should never be making a 10,000, a 10, 10 to come, 10 to, you know, should never be a $6,000 and $6,000 fight. You're in the fucking yeah. UFC. Okay. $12,000 isn't shit once you put it all into perspective. All the hours of training, the diets, the, the travel, the, just all the nonsense. And at the end of it, when you're getting a, a six, 6,000 to show up, 6,000 to win, you win the fight, you make $12,000. And you end up with two thousand in your pocket at the end of it after you pay your trainers and your dietitian and you know, I mean, yeah, I mean this your I manager. This, <laughs> so there's uh, a lot of shit like that. There's so many people in the UFC right now that also are working full time jobs, right? And I mean that's the, that's the truth of Bellator as well, and especially Bellator because it's, well, Bellator, I get it. Bellator, it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not quite. It's the. It's not quite there. It's not. You know. It's at one tenth yeah. of where the UFC is at, so I get it. Yeah. Even though they're putting on, you know, more cards, it doesn't necessarily mean more is better. But you know, no. they're they're out. I mean, I, I, I just, I just, you know, I, I think that a lot of the uh, a lot of the money, I think it's very top heavy in the UFC. I think it's very well, top heavy, and you're getting guys like McGregor that are getting thousands of times what everybody else is getting because but let me correct a little bit there there's really not guys like mcgregor there's pretty much mcgregor and everybody else there's anderson silva he made the most at ufc 200 and he came in on three days notice right is that right oh that's not right but it was just a desperation move because this was the biggest event in ufc history the what turned out to be the final zufa event but there are also guys like DJ. T, I mean, a, a lot of people speak out about the marketability about um, Demetrius Johnson. It, the guy is making more money having people watch him play video games than be a champion. Like that's what he said he'll do after that. Like that will be his job is doing whatever app that is where people can watch you play video games and chat with you. Yeah, like, that's insane. And and. and you know, Michael Bisping has never had a million dollar payday. He's been in the UFC for 20 years and he's the champion now, but that's really based on circumstances. If, if Chris, if Chris Weidman 
didn't get injured and pull out of UFC 199, Michael Bisping wouldn't be the champion. He wouldn't have main, uh, main evented UFC 204 against Dan Henderson. It, it, like Basically, his fight against Anderson Silva was going to be the peak for him, and then we'll see, see where things go from there. But mm. the thing is, and I feel like this, this could almost be its own podcast. Maybe we should dig into it on a week where there's no fights to break down, but it's it's an imperfect system. I mean, I don't think you and I could fix it by talking about it. But the, the amount of ex- expenditures is is uh and and then what gets paid to the fighters, it, there's a giant discrepancy. But it's the thing. The thing is, it's all individuals. Whereas NFL, they employ doctors to work with teams, and and but you can't have like every guy have their own doctor. If if they broke up the UFC. No, there should, should be health insurance. There should they be health insurance. Health, they have health insurance. They have health insurance while they're on the roster. Uh, Bellator only has night of health insurance. So like there's, there's that. I don't think that there's a, there's no retirement plan and stuff like, like that. That's why over the last several months you, you saw these, actually we haven't heard very much about the MMA, AA or, um, the fighters associations. <laughs> Since George St. Pierre was re-signed mm. and, and since Dana had that meeting with Cowboy Cerrone, I feel like we've heard nothing. And then t- if you look at, look at that. So the main faces of that, Tim Kennedy, uh, Donald Cerrone, I say he's a main face, even though he pretty much after the first press conference kind of pleaded ignorance. Then you have George St. Pierre, TJ Dillashaw. Those are the four main fighters involved in the MMA AA. And then you had Bjorn Rebney, who, who immediately Tim Kennedy said it was kind of a mistake to have him out there on the forefront. And he's also a big I, red I, flag I, because I think so too. <laughs> yeah, and, and and people have been outspoken. Jorge Masvidal has been very outspoken. If you ask Eddie Alvarez, he would be super outspoken because he, Bjorn basically prevented Alvarez from joining the UFC. And earlier than he did because he's still under Bellator contract, costing him a significant amount of money. So those are the four guys, okay? And then, so I would say this. Cowboy immediately takes back a lot of the things that he says. He has a meeting with Dana White before UFC 206. And he, he wins at UFC 206 in um, exciting fashion over Matt Brown. So you don't hear anything. Nothing more from Cowboy after that. And then Next on the list, Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy loses at 206, is retired. Okay? He says, he says that he wants to be, do more now that he's retired and fight for the fighters. I haven't heard anything from him since then. He had a very eloquent retirement message on Instagram. He, he was interviewed by Ariel Hawani. Hmm. Okay. And then you have the third on this. At the time, unsigned in the UFC, George St. Pierre. Now he got signed in the UFC. I haven't heard anything about him since then. So now you have one more fighter left from this big four, and that's TJ Dillashaw, who was, who was trying to get a bantamweight title shot. Guess what? He did get that bantamweight title shot, and he's in the tough house now filming the season as they lead up to it. So you've right. taken like the four main fighters from that and largely silenced them. So that's almost the way that they've – I haven't heard anything about the association. I haven't heard anything about fighters' rights since then so who do you have left bjorn rebney you're not hearing <laughs> shit from him <laughs> of course so and, and and the problem with the that association was there was already two other associations 
and now they're sending each other cease and desist letters and they're shutting each other up. So it's like right. MMA is it's a sport filled with individuals that have teams behind them and gyms, but it's just incredibly difficult to figure out something that is fair for the fighters because just like anything else, like comedy and shit, they'll just shut it down. Mm. But um, because they'll undercut them because there'll be guys that will do it for free. So not to end on a pessimistic note, <laughs> go watch Bellator this Friday, Kendall Grove versus Chris Honeycock in the main of, in the co-main event, in the men's main event. And, uh, <laughs> in the men's main event. <laughs> Fernando Gonzalez versus Brandon Gertz, Steven Garcia, Tell me if you've heard of any of these. Uh, yeah. So. I know who Kendall Grove is. I know, but, but that's a co cool <laughs> event. And Chris Honeycutt used to fight for CES, so I'm, oh, okay. I'm picking him. You're picking Kendall Grove? Good, we're betting. All right, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna wrap this up, and, uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna get together on Thursday night, cause, uh, we're doing the Naked Show together. Uh, I am yes, not, the Naked uh, Show neither pod- of us. The Naked Show podcast. Yes, the Naked Twitter. Show, There's Naked no Show news. podcast, right. We are, uh, I'll we are, t- I'll, we are I'll not be gonna be, on my social media. we won't out. be naked. I won't be naked. No. Matt Kona won't no. be naked. But we'll be not in the presence time. of comedians who are naked. Yeah, I've got a They're three. They're not naked being videotaped, being interviewed. I have a three-year-old who's coming in here right now. I want to have him say hi to everybody. Say hi to everybody, Michael. Say hello. Hello. Did you go have? Hello. You, what is that? It's your medicine, Dad. Oh, he brought me medicine because I'm sick. Thank you, buddy. Ah. It's medicine for Dada. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, buddy. You I love you. Thank you for that. Lil Zycan. I had a little, got a little, little tickle in the throat. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Uh, I will see you in a couple of days down in Boston and, uh, we'll be talking to naked funny people. Emma Maniacs over and out. Peace. That's the end. No, we got the MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.